Hi everybody, and welcome to a new episode of Tapis Rouge. I'm your host, Guillaume Cochois, and my guest today has an incredible story of survival. But first, shout out to Antonio from the Cirque Diary page on Instagram for being the first one to guess our guest today, Andre Bondarenko. Andre and his wife Yulia Mikhailova, two world-famous Cirque du Soleil artists, escaped from Ukraine with their daughter when Russia started to invade their country. I hope you guys will be as moved as I was listening to this unbelievable tale of survival during such horrifying war times. So here he is, the amazing Andre Bondarenko. Andre, welcome to Tapis Rouge. Hey, thank you so much. <laughs> I'm so happy to have you here. Yes, I'm happy to see you. Yeah, how, how are you feeling, man? I mean, I'm okay. I Day by day, I feel better because I was running from Ukrainian war. And yeah, it was really hard time for me and for all my family. It's still like um, very often I feel depression, but I think it's going to take some time. And I mean, hopefully everything going to be over and soon. Yeah. But I mean, what happened to you and your family? I remember following in your stories on Instagram and really like a day by day, everything was changing and everything. So I wanted to get to ask you what, if you want to share what happened from the beginning, like you, you were in Kiev with, with your wife and your daughter. Yeah. And how, when did you first start seeing some signs like, okay, some, something is going to, something is happening. Well, first of all, I think nobody could believe what, it's re really going to happen, the war, because we are like in 2022, you know. So everybody was hoping and couldn't believe what uh, is going to happen, a real war. So it's happened on uh, February 24th in the morning at 5 a.m. I actually was with uh, my daughter in, uh, in the clinic for whole night because we was checking some things for her and then nurse uh, we're supposed to wake up at 7 a.m but nurse was wake me up at 5 a.m and she said what um, there is a two bombs was explored in ukraine in kiev so if you want you can leave now and then uh, it's only left like two hours until we would get full checkup for Emily. So I said, okay, I would like to wait because then I don't know when I will be able to do that checkup again. So I was waiting at 7 a.m. We woke up. Emily, she was sleepy. I was trying to order Uber and the prices was on 10 times even more already. So I, I started to understand what well, something going on really not good. And then, um, but wait, wait, when, when the nurse told you the first time there are two bombs that have exploded in, in Kiev, yeah, did, you, did yeah. you kind of know like, okay, it's the, the, there is the war is starting now or at that time, or are you still thinking like, oh, maybe it's. No, no, no. I, I, I thought maybe like, it's going to be only two bombs and then it's going to be already um, something 
I I was hoping is the worst what it would happen, you know, only two bombs, and then uh, it would be like something to I don't know how to explain. Uh, it would be just two bombs, and then people would start to get conversation, and everything would get down, you know, like yes, and. Uh, I woke up at seven. Yeah, like I said, I was trying to order Uber. It didn't happen. I even put the price even more higher rates, but uh, the Uber didn't come. So I, I decided, okay, I'm going to take public transportation. I went on the street. There was a huge traffic. There was lots of cars. was trying to get out from the city. People went in uh, ATMs. There was a huge lines in ATMs. People was trying to get cash. And then I like, okay, this is a real war. And then I started to realize. And then um, I was waiting on the bus station for about another half an hour. It was only two buses uh, was passing, but which didn't go to my direction. And then I uh, realized, okay, there was a metro station at like 20 minutes by walk. So I put Emily on my shoulders. I was going, I was running. As soon as I got to the uh, metro, it was so many soldiers was getting in the train and then like with the uh, guns, with everything. So I realized what uh, this is the real war happening and everybody started to be more and more panic, you know. And yeah. then I was trying. You were and you were with your daughter at that time. So I can't imagine yeah. how, how you felt like you just had your daughter checked out. At the hospital and you just realize like that the whole thing that's happening i think i was in a kind of shock so some of the parts i even don't remember because i arrived in the uh, in the apartments and yule she was sleeping and when she sleeps she using the earplugs yeah. so everybody was trying to she couldn't <laughs> answer and then i got to the apartments like yulia why are you still not awake? And she's like, I just awake. And it was about like already 9 a.m. And like, what's going on? What's happening? Everybody's trying to call me, to reach me. And I said, it's a war started. And she's like, are you kidding me? I'm like, no, it's a real war. And I checked the news. And then we checked the news. And it's like, it was getting worse and worse. Then we could see what the uh, Russian occupants um, was coming to Ukraine. And it was getting like I said, worst. And I said, okay, let's pack our stuff and we're going to leave now because it was 24th in the morning. So, but it was huge traffic in the city. Like, I think if we would go in the first day, we would stuck for whole day, just um, we wouldn't be able to get out from the city because there was so many um, vehicles. Everybody was trying to leave in the same time yes. the cars. Yeah. And there was no gas on the gas stations because everybody was um, trying to put gas in the cars and oh like, God. yeah, it was a horrible station. Then we went to the grocery. It was huge lines in the groceries as well. So people started to get panic. And then I said, okay, we're leaving now. And uh, what happened? Yulia's prop, like new water bowl, in the Ukraine and she said no I'm not gonna leave without my prop I said <laughs> what you're gonna do is your prop <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> because your wife is an artist as well and her yeah. water bowl was the props for her to do her act yeah so then I said when you will be and she said no I'm not ready I said 
when you will be ready? And she said, maybe on March 6th. And it was <laughs> February 24th. I'm like, no, it's not going to work. And she's like, no, let's go on March 6th. So I said, okay, let's me, let me book the um, bus because the train station, it was no tickets available. You could go there on the train station and just wait for the train, but it was too risky. So I said, let's let me check maybe there is uh, still some tickets for the buses and then i checked it was uh, tickets on the bus so i booked on march 6 from the beginning but then the, the train was too risky because there were risks that the attack that your the train and rail were going to be bombed or things like that this is the first thing and second thing because without ticket we wasn't sure what we're going to get at the same train all family mm. so it was like many people were staying in the train station at that moments and when was the train coming on the train station everybody was trying to get who was first that would get to the train if you was a little bit farther maybe your part of the family would get to the train and you wouldn't be able to get mm, okay because it would be not no space it was like First days, especially, it was like horrible and scary situation. So then I decided to book the tickets for the bus because we still was able to book on 24th and it's good mm-hmm. what I did. So I booked on March 6th and I said, okay, Yulia, let me book on the next day, which was the 25th, mm-hmm. just because um, I said, let's see what's going to happen in the evening. Yeah. So then we packed some of the stuff and we said, okay. But then it was kind of, uh, it was Syrians started to be like uh, in the evening. And then on the news, it was getting worse and worse. They started to bomb Nikolai where I'm from. Mm-hmm. And my brother, he was living close to the airport. So he woke yeah. up because of the uh, windows was shaken from the explosion. Yeah, the impact. Yes. Were you able to reach him at that time? Were you able to call him and to talk with him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was calling him and like what's going on in the Nikolaev and he said, we just took the car and we went to nowhere. He even didn't know where where he would go. So he was trying, then uh, he decided to cross the border. But in the evening, it was the new uh, law what males wasn't be able to cross the border from Mm -hmm. 16 to 60. So as soon as he got to the border, he checked the news and then he's supposed to turn and because his family didn't want to leave without my brother. Yeah, for sure. So they went a little bit farther from the hotspots and he's still actually in Ukraine still. Yeah. And um, for us with Yulia and family, uh, my mom also, she didn't want to leave. She was in Nikolaev, but my brother, he he wanted to take her out. She said, no, I'm going to stay here with my uh, neighbors. But she has a house, not apartments. She okay. has a house. So she was fine at that moment. And then um, in the evening in Kiev, where I was with my family, it was getting worse and worse. So I put the tape on the, on the uh, window. window. Yeah, so in case if it would, would be bombing, so the pieces of the glass, glass. would 
yeah wouldn't get to to the bodies so what but at that time on the news were there any information about like you said the law changes so all the men between 16 and 60 have to cannot leave the country you have to join the forces and what were the other informations that you got like did, did the government give some you know uh, options or guidelines for the citizens I mean, yes, they said uh, if you have opportunity, you try try to go in some safe place to evacuate. But, you know, we didn't have a car. And with the car, it was, I think, even more risky because when, when we took the bus, at least they had some green corridors, which mm -hmm. was... Uh, Yeah, would allow the buses to go a bit faster. But so in the morning on the next day, uh, was which was 25th, we woke up before alarm and I booked the bus for, for 10 a.m. And I said, okay. if it's going to get worse, we're going to take that bus. If not, we're going to stay and we'll see what's going to happen. And maybe we're going to take that bus for March 6th. Okay. So we woke up next morning before alarm on the phone because the windows was shaking and we could hear the bombing. And then we woke up, was still in shock. So the body was shaking. We didn't know what to do. You know, it was like panic. And I said, okay, let's come down. So <laughs> we put uh, from the evening, I put all the documents, but Julia, she prepared the documents and she put it close to the mirror. I put the old documents in the um, backpack just in case maybe we would mm -hmm. need to go to the basement uh, for evacuation even in the evening because it was bombing more and more. So, and then next morning we just pack rest of the stuff. We took... Uh, per person by one luggage plus backpacks. And okay. then we uh, was going to the bus station. It was a bit hard, but we was able, we were lucky to order Uber. The prices was super high, but it's okay. At least we was able to get the car. And at that time, how did your daughter perceive these things, like the sirens in the streets and like the vibration of the window and all these things? I mean... Most of the people, they don't know, but she's a special kid. So she doesn't realize too much. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So we were working on that. So it was even more, we were more depressed because we organized some stuff for our daughter and we supposed to uh, go work because everything was expensive. That really big rehabilitation mm -hmm. yeah but it's another story uh so yeah in the morning we got to the bus station we was waiting for the bus and uh, it's good what i booked the tickets because it was a huge line everybody was trying to get out from the country And then I saw the bus and we even couldn't un ask anybody where will be the bus because everything was closed. You wasn't be able to buy the tickets from the, uh, on the bus station because everything was empty there. It was only the buses, like no grocery stores was open, like anything was open. Like you wasn't able to buy even the water or some food anymore on next day. So it's and, good that you bought the tickets before. Yes, 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 for sure. 
because when was the bus was huge line and I'm like oh let me check is this the bus to go into Poland and the driver said yes and people already started to get into the bus and I said we have our tickets and it's good what they bought five tickets so we went there we got the seats because most of the people they was it was packed and people were standing when we started to leave by bus everybody started to get under the wheels to stop the bus and get in the bus so driver let's said okay move more move more everybody like was like this in the bus lay down was, in the in front of the bus to prevent the bus from going yes 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 to stop the bus to be able oh my to God. yeah it was like horrible station so so we were supposed to leave at 10 a.m we left around at 11:30 because People didn't let bus get out. And um, yeah, when it was full, we was trying to get out from Kiev. It, it took about six hours to get out from the city, you know, because like I said, there was huge traffic and kids wanted to get to the toilet. There was not even toilet in the bus, you know, like uh, it was crazy. horrible, crazy, uh, crazy situation. So It took about maybe one day to get to the border because some of the roads was uh, destroyed it from the bombing. Mm -hmm. And some of the roads we couldn't uh, get on the on specific roads because it was already Russian occupants. So we were supposed to do like lots of crossing. And oh, so you, the bus did a lot of back and forth, like you were getting to one road and then at some point the road was being destroyed. Yeah. So the driver was like, okay, we need to back up and like find yeah. a different way. And that took exactly. a whole day. Yes, whole day. Normally it would take about nine hours, but it took like about 24 hours. But finally we arrived to the border. Uh, it was Yagodin city. And then uh, we, we thought we're going to cross the border the same day, but we spent another 24 hours on the border because it was huge traffic. But it's good. There was some of the stores where we could buy some food and water. Uh, at the border? Or at the border, yeah. Okay. So you were able was, to exit the bus, make, buy the yes. food and water, okay. Yes. But what happened on the border, <laughs> it was like... A, We were like in, in the movie, you know. We started to leave. It was almost the time for the checkup of the passports. Also, on the border, I couldn't find the, my passport from the beginning because oh it was so God. documents. So <laughs> my wife, she was like, no, how you could forget your passport? <laughs> I like, and it was so many people, so I couldn't even really check the, the, the backpack. backpack because it was like, Like people were standing, was like this, pushing you, know? you and oh yeah, horrible. And then when everybody started to leave from the bus to go to the uh, like grocery store or somewhere, so I had more space and I said, okay, let's check again. And my, I found my passport it was really from the bottom of the bag. <laughs> I was like, okay, thank God. But also I wasn't sure if I'm gonna cross the border or not because I still was a male and mm. it was for me but i had the hope what i had the green card and mm, okay. american passport so we still had a hope and when we started to get closer uh by bus uh, for the checkup of the documents it was a sirens on the border 
and somebody started to shoot. So we're supposed to get down. And it was, the shooting was right behind our bus. We don't still don't know what happened, but it was two times shooting. So everybody like, uh, was screaming, like, get down. So we're supposed to get down. It was and then it was like kind of it was silence. Then we stand it up and was again sirens and we're supposed to get down again. And then was shooting and then it was silence. And the bus driver, he was trying to get a little bit closer because um, I think the um, on the border, they started to say, okay, move, move, move. So everybody was going a little bit faster. We wasn't, be, we wasn't able to get out from the bus and check because it was like a crazy situation. But then I even don't know what happened, but it was really scary. How did you feel at that moment? Depressed. <laughs> I mean, I, I, to be honest, I, I, I thought we're not going to survive. When we was getting in the bus, in the bus station in Ukraine, like it was 50 50 if we would survive or not because it was bombing it was like shooting it was like crazy time so we just was taking the risk and we we decided to leave the country because um first of all like i said uh, we had a special kid uh emily and she also has a diet and we knew what the food and grocery stores like for example gluten-free mm-hmm. and no cuisine for us it wouldn't be the option to stay there for sure yeah and yeah so we was like and how was it with your wife like taking that decision okay there is a 50 50 chance but we're gonna take it together as a family actually she didn't want to go we was fighting i was fighting with her i said no we're gonna go she was crying she said no i'm not gonna leave my apartments i i still don't have my prop <laughs> <laughs> i said i don't care about prop let's go either we're gonna go and because she said you're gonna go by your own i said no either we're gonna go everybody together either we're gonna stay here but i said look in a few weeks, we're not going to have food. And then it's going to be like a crazy situation. And we always can come back if everything's going to mm-hmm. get back. Yeah. But if then it's going to be too late. And she was listening to me. We got to the bus, like I said, five hours was trying to get out from in the Kiev. She was so depressed. She was like crying. She, it was, everybody was crying. So it's not a... Uh, like uh, it was hard it was hard in the bus yeah everybody was checking the news and we could see what uh, they started to bomb Mariupol and everything was getting to the news we could see how they was destroying our country so everybody was crying hard situation yeah it was hard but then when we started to get closer to the border, yeah, I also was um, going with Emily mm-hmm. and Julia. We said we're going to separate because me and Emily, we had uh, last name Bondarenko mm-hmm. and you kept her own uh, last name Mikhailova. All right, guys, a little side story now. Back in 2014, I hurt my back training backstage before a show. 
The pain was so intense, I couldn't put my socks on, sit for more than 2 minutes and obviously it took me out of the show for quite some time. I followed a strict core rehabilitation program and after 6 weeks I got back on stage. But I kept having recurring pain. So I started to educate myself about core anatomy, rehab training and pain science. I wanted to understand why am I doing all these exercises if the pain keeps coming back. The more I was learning, the more I understood I had to change. I started switching exercises, tweak some techniques and executions and also completely changed my perception of pain. After a couple of weeks, on top of reducing considerably my pain level, I was feeling so much stronger, which increased my confidence to move and better perform on stage. My life overall was so much better. Finally, I was pain-free and not scared to hurt my back again. I had a lot of artists and athlete friends who saw that happening and asked me, hey, what did you do for your back? And I thought, could put it all out in a clear and clean way, instead of always pulling random videos on YouTube and giving quick guidance. So I reached out to all the best doctors, physiotherapists and performance medicine specialists whom I met touring and asked them to help me develop protocol cut to the core. Protocol cut to the core is the first rehab and strengthening protocol for back or hip pain that also includes a comprehensive course in core anatomy, biomechanics, and pain science. It is approved by doctors, physios, and performance medicine specialists from five different countries. If you are suffering from acute or persistent back or hip pain, you can find protocol Cut to the Core on our website at cuttothecorefitness.com. When movement is an issue, movement is the solution. And now, Let's get back to the show. And you were at the border of Poland, right? Yes, yes, yes. When we was on the border of Poland. And then I said, uh, let's separate because uh, Emily, she was American and I thought maybe it's going to help. So when I was given my passport and Emily's passport uh, and... Um, security lady it was a lady mm -hmm. she saw what i had so many visas and i've been traveling a lot and she was asking oh what are you doing in ukraine and i said actually i'm supposed to leave on march 3rd i think to get mm -hmm. back to the uh, service delay but i left earlier and before that i also arrived from france i had another contract mm -hmm. and so what I was traveling a lot and she said, oh, you're traveling a lot. What are you doing in Ukraine? I said, I actually came here to pick up my daughter and I go into US. I have a green card and she's like, uh, uh, and what are you doing for a living? I said, I'm an artist. And she asked, what kind of artist? I said, Cirque du Soleil artist. And then she said, oh, my parents was watching the show when uh, Cirque du Soleil was performing in Kiev. And she was really enjoyed that show. You know what? She put it the stamp and she was giving me the passport and she said, I didn't see you. So I was oh just like, I would stay there if I would even to go to another person. So I just was lucky. And then we crossed the border. Then we 
And it's good what uh, Polish people helped a lot to Ukrainians. And Yulia, she had no issue crossing either. Yeah, yeah. And Yulia, she was with her mom and uh, oldest daughter in the bus already because we separated. Mm-hmm. And was waiting for us with Emily in the bus. And then when she, when she saw us, she's like, okay, you, you're here as well. So at least we could feel a little bit better. And then when we arrived to... Poland. Yeah. When the border office, she said, I didn't see you, you uh-huh. can go. How, how did it feel to know you're going to be able to cross to Poland? Yeah, it felt uh, a little bit, I could feel, I don't know. I think during all that time, I was like in some dream, bad dream, you know, and I cannot explain. I think I was just in shock. So... I didn't realize what happened and I, I, I still couldn't realize what everything is happening for real. You know what I mean? So because it was like, I couldn't imagine what in our time in like in 2022, it could happen. And uh, I, I, I was thinking, okay, it's going to be bombing for a few days and everything going to get better. Um, and we're going to resolve like all these problems, but no, it was getting worse and worse. So when she said I can go, of course I was feeling better, but still I was like in shock because my mom yeah. still was there, brother was still there, my, my friends. And uh, from one side, I also was feeling maybe a little bit sad what I'm leaving my country, not because I want to, because, because I have to, you know, like, mm. and, uh, it was many things in my head. I can't Plus, imagine uh, for sure. For Emily, we almost uh, didn't have a food, like gluten-free food. We had the last box of her food because we expected what we're going to cross the border a bit earlier, but it took almost two and a half days. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we just arrived to the Poland. We had some people who helped us to... They, I booked the Airbnb because many people, they wanted us to stay with them. But I decided to just, because we was need some, our own space, you yeah, know, for sure. just mentally. And then uh, from the beginning, uh, Airbnb was checking at 4 uh, p.m. So some of the family, they took us in the house. We took the shower, we slept a little bit because we were so exhausted. After that crazy trip, then we uh, get an Airbnb and for three days, we just almost didn't speak to each other. We just was like this. We were super sad. And after a few days, it was my birthday. And it was, it was your birthday uh, three days after? Yeah, it was on March 1st. Oh and uh, I think it was one of the worst birthdays ever in my life because... Yeah. Yeah, we we were so sad, and then we was trying also um, because every many people was asking us how we cross the border, how what to expect, you know. So we was sharing with our experience, and we we was uh, able to help many people to cross the border as well because it was very risky, and many many people was afraid to get out from the yeah, country. For sure nobody knew what they was even 
will they will be able to get to the border or and not to die you know so it was very risky and we gave some tips how to cross the border also don't uh, film anybody because uh, then it could help to the Russian occupants mm-hmm. if people would send it to the uh, internet then uh, it would be also risky so we was given some tips of that situation and after yeah we just uh, was staying in Poland until March 3rd and then uh, it's good what we had green cards and then we went to Vegas Mm-hmm. And but when uh, during that time in Poland, do did you have any kind of support from association group or like just any kind of support? Like no, we uh, we received many messages from the people. People helped us a lot. So, for example, one family they brought us to the house, and for some time they said even we, you can stay here. But like I said, we wanted to have our own space to just rest mentally. And we went to the Airbnb, but even the transportation, they provided us transportation, okay. for which was very, very helpful. And uh, we received lots of messages and from Polish people, from American people, like if you need some place to stay, you can stay with us, you, we can give you apartments. But we decided in Poland, first of all, to take, rent Airbnb because it was many Ukrainian people who was needed that place more than us. So we decided mm-hmm. to give them opportunity to stay there. This is, was mostly main reason as well. And then we just, uh, it's good what Julia signed it contract in Vegas before war. Yeah. But it was to arrive with water bowl, uh-huh. but the water locked in Ukraine because of the war. But anyway, we arrived in Vegas and her company, it's good also, uh, was very helpful. Helpful. They provided some accommodation for us as soon as we arrived. And we received so many donations from our friends, even with the clothes, because we even didn't have a clothes. We put uh, some of the stuff in the luggage, but... Yeah, you left everything behind. Yes, we left everything in uh, in Ukraine. We just uh, had most important stuff, and it still was cold in Poland and even in Vegas when we arrived. It was still cold, so it's good what many of our friends and followers even they uh, send us really good donations with the clothes, even with the some of the cards for the grocery stores oh right great because the what happened also before we had the house in las vegas but in 2021 we sold that house and we invest invested everything in ukraine oh my god yeah and then it was like (laughs) it's hard yeah i think it's hard time because it was that uh, investment plus we had special kid but she was uh, emily she was improved improving in uh, ukraine mm-hmm. and we prepared everything for her in ukraine because she's supposed mm-hmm. to do some educations she's supposed to do so many therapies 
but now she's in uh, in US and it's very different. First of all, the language. Second, um, it's more expensive. We cannot afford many things what we could afford in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And third, we just even don't know when we will be able to get back in Ukraine. It's um, it's crazy time now. Yeah. So, so now you have. You went back to Vegas. Julia was able to start her contract. Yeah, she started her contract. She found another water bowl also from our friends, thanks them. Uh, so our friends, they had a similar water bowl. So they gave to Julia for free for now. Mm-hmm. And then as soon, hopefully she's going to get her water bowl. And yeah, she can use her own one. And but, how did she, and also you, because you went back to training and performing pretty soon. Yeah. How, how, how do you feel and how did Julia felt just going back to work so early after this, this traumatic event? Yeah, I think, you know what, uh, actually it, it's really helpful when you're working because you can focus on your uh, work and a little bit uh, go away from the war situation but still it's it's really hard sometimes when you especially coming back home and you're watching the news you feel depressed and you come in on work and everybody asking you why you sad and stuff like this you know sometimes you're trying to even hide and find some place where you can stay alone but you know in circuit and in dressing room we have like yeah. one by one and you cannot say what everything is fine i mean um, yeah you cannot even hide and just ignore everything it's it's hard but i think when day by day it's getting a little bit better mentally um what i decided it's not, I'm not going to help with the depression to my country. Um, so now I decided to make some workshop and donate that money for the Ukrainian kids with some disabilities. So I think this is, will be uh, more helpful instead of just going to like cry or be depressed. Yeah. So, yeah, I think everybody, if they're going to, Mm, help to Ukraine little by little, mm-hmm. and if going to be more and more people, I think it's going to be global help, yeah, and and support uh, Ukraine with uh, this type of uh, things. And where can people find the the workshops? They can find it on my website or um, just on my social media on Instagram or okay. like. Yeah, and there is address on my social media and they can book it uh, through my website. So all the money going to go to to the donation to Ukrainian kids. That's amazing. And do you see a lot of other initiatives from Ukrainian artists who are trying to do the same thing? They're trying to help. Yes, well, I have many friends who was trying to collect some money and uh, even send some drones or uh, send some funds to Ukrainian army. Um, yeah, many uh, celebrities now, they do doing uh, uh, concerts in Europe mm-hmm. and they collect money and also sending 
all these funds to Ukrainian army because it's like war it's very expensive and um, yeah we're really thankful to the whole world for this support because uh, if Ukraine would be alone it would be um, I think not possible to to even um, to to even stay that long Russia actually did uh, didn't expect what uh, Ukraine gonna uh, stay for that long. They was mm-hmm. expected to get Ukraine for three days. Oh really? Yes, it's a big uh, uh, sacrifice. Like um, they sacrificing a lot, my country. But I think it's worth it because we want to be independent and we don't want to be slaves. Yeah, for sure. So. And um, I mean, what are your your hopes for the future? How are you foreseeing the future for you and your family now? It's hard to tell because it doesn't depend from us. It's not depends from us. I mean, uh, we still have a hope what one day we will be able to get back to Ukraine and still it's our home there but for now i think we need to be realistic and have a plan b uh so now emily she started to go to the american preschool uh nika oldest daughter she started to go to the um, training trainings Mm -hmm. in uh, las vegas as well we uh, we uh, creating a new act for her, so she wants to start to work as well. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, Yulia's mom, she's a little bit depressed because she doesn't have uh, friends and it's very different compared with Ukraine. Hmm. So she's a little bit bored there. Yulia, she started to work on two works already. For me, I think um, I decided maybe to finish the U.S. tour with Cirque and maybe to leave Cirque because I want to be with my family as well. Mm-hmm. Or I will try to get at the same show with Yulia and stay with Cirque if it will be possible. But it's also not that easy because we both hand balancers. We can do duo act or she can do contortion or I can do hand balancers. So mm-hmm. we just need to find the right time and right spot uh but uh, yeah if it's with i'm not gonna be able to get at the same show with julia i think i would need to leave Cirque and find some find some job in vegas as well mm-hmm. and stay family because julia it's also hard for her so she needs to take care of the family by her own and you know in us without the car everything yeah, so it's far. crazy everything so far yeah it's um, it's not comfortable for now but at least we are safe and uh, yeah from the beginning it's going to be hard but i think day by day we're going to adapt and we we're going to find some way but for now i cannot say what we're gonna do for the future yeah i don't know it's hard to tell now mm. what is helpful to you to you what are the things 
every day that you can do or that you can see or like that people can say or that that helps that make you feel better that can make your family feel better or or on the opposite stuff that you know people say and you and you're like you know what saying stuff like this it doesn't it doesn't help me i mean people helping a lot if we wouldn't have that support we have many friends and thanks to them a lot because um when we arrived like i said we we, we could feel that support and uh, even now still i'm receiving lots of messages about like regarding my country and they still supporting and even for this workshop when i uh, posted on social medias people wanted to send money from other countries just mm -hmm. for the donation of the kids which is also very helpful and uh, you know many people want to help and they try they don't know how to so i think it's good options to just for example this workshop it's i gonna give something to the people so they not just gonna give money but they also gonna receive some of the knowledge mm -hmm. and, um, yeah i mean it's nice what um, for us you know even uh, when people supporting us we have that opportunity to help to other people as well for example now our friend she's a pregnant and she went to poland she doesn't have any funds any money and now she went in uh, germany as well and she's on six months of the pregnancy she's supposed to do checkups and all that stuff so we are trying to support her as well with the money my brother he's still in ukraine so i always trying to send him some uh, money because People not able to even work now. Yeah, for in, sure. And especially for the artists, they are suffering a lot who was staying in Ukraine. And many people, they had the contracts, but they was not able to get out of Ukraine. Mm -hmm. And now we don't know when it will be over. So <laughs> it's... It's crazy situation and nobody was expecting what is going to happen at these times, you know. Yeah. The first thing is like, I can't, I can't imagine, like with everything that you say, like I, I really, I can't, I can't imagine what it would be like. So I think. But you know what? I still feel that depression, but I was only for two days in Ukraine during the war. But I cannot imagine what people feel in who was staying in Kharkiv, for example, which was bombing a lot, Mariupol, Bucha, that city where it was like hell, you know, and um, I think they need to work with the psychologist because I was even, uh, I was trying to book the appointment and talk with the psychologist because yeah, first for sure. three weeks I was so depressed and... Um, it's good what I also have friends here, so we could a little bit talk and I feel better. But for the people who was, and I'm outside of that hell now, mm -hmm. but people who still saw that th bad things and they still staying in, in, the, in the Ukraine, uh, I think it's very hard for them now. And yeah, um, 
I think like compared with them, um, I don't complain. I'm I'm fine, and uh, yeah, I really sad about that people who saw, and especially for the kids, mm-hmm. yeah. they, they it's so sad. We just finished the pandemic, and everything was getting a little bit better, and now this war. So for the kids, they even didn't see the nice childhood and nice. Uh, they didn't. They're not gonna have a nice memory about about uh, that time, you know. Yeah, there's no relief for them. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. We hope, man. I really hope the that the countries they're gonna find, you know, resol- resolutions and yeah, hard times. And I hope that the the international support that happens until now is gonna continue. Because the country is going to need help to rebuild. And as you said, all the people, they're going to need support to, to process the trauma and to be able to, to move forward in life. Yeah, I don't know how long it's going to take to uh, reconstruct everything and rebuild. Because some of the cities is just ash, you know, mm. just they're not existing anymore. Uh, unfortunately but look i uh, first i'm uh, tell you tell you again i'm so happy and thankful that you and your family got to escape and that you i'm very moved and by really your story of survival and that because i followed what happened but i everything that you said uh thinking like, oh, it's going to be a 50-50 chance and like having to go through all that and you to have to find the strength to to say, I'm going to organize this workshop and I'm going to raise money. And really, I am very, very impressed by how you are moving yeah, through this. Yeah, I'm going to feel better if I'm going to give some support. I'm thankful what I was able to get out of the country, but I still Ukrainian and uh, I feel kind of a little bit from the beginning, especially uh, what I left the country, but I'm Ukrainian. But from another side, I think for me, I would better to support here what I can do with my specialization and I can really help to Ukraine when I already left, you know, with the farm. And I think it would be more useful instead of I would just stay there. And um, for example, to go on the war. Yes, I could go. I, I think I would go for sure, but I'm not, it's not my specialization and it's not how I would really help that. No, but also you don't, you don't, don't have know. to feel guilty because you're left. You, you try to save yourself and save your family. Yeah. Um, yeah, now I, I decided, yeah, so if it happens, so I already going to help to Ukraine with what I can do yeah. with this one. Yeah, and I feel like with what you're saying, you're mobilizing so many people and resources to be able to help as much as possible from outside the country. 
Yeah, exactly. That's, that's yeah. amazing. So for the listeners, you, they can find the link to do the donations and the schedule for the workshops on your website? Yes, yes. Yeah, they can find it all the information on the website or social medias. Okay. But if some people want to donate, they can also do uh, sign up. And this all this money gonna go to the uh, Ukrainian kids, all, all the funds. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for making the time. First, I know that with the, the show and like the everything, time is very precious for you and for opening up so much about what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. And I wish you I don't know. I don't know. I wish you to, to be able to find yeah. Peace world and uh, hopefully everywhere will be peace and nobody gonna know what war is because it's the worst things what ever happened with me and still with this situation i thought coronavirus is was bad but no compared with the war it's war is the worst things so we wish you and wish the world peace and so that people can never know what war is. Exactly. All right. Well, exactly. Thank you very much, man. Yeah. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, you are. Take care. That was intense and real, right? I don't know about you guys, but listening to Andre really put things back into perspective. His story really shook me. It's already heartbreaking to see things like that happening in the news. But when your friends, people who you know, are in the heart of it, and they tell you firsthand what's happening, the emotional impact is incomparable. If you'd like to donate to Andre's initiative, you can find the link in our Instagram, at Tapirouge Podcast, or on his page, at Andre Bondarenko. If you like the show, Share it with your friends, your family. Give us good ratings and reviews. Keep sending us your recorded questions for our upcoming Q&A episode. And until next week, as we say in the circus, see you down the road. <laughs>